Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with, ready, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit of all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Awesome. Thank you very much, girls. Thank you very much. Awesome. So that is the verse that we're looking at this morning. It's Ephesians 6, and it is uh, verses 10, 10 to 18. I just had to double check that. Am I a bit boomy? My bit boomy? Just a little bit boomy. Cool. Thank you so much, Hannah and H.E., for that, um, for that awesome reading. As you can guess, we're doing the armor of God. But why? why? Why have we chosen, out of all things this morning, to do the armor of God? Not just because it's fun, because you get to do things around armor. There's really good fun. But it can escape, have escaped nobody's views that it's the 31st of October today. Yeah? It's a day that's traditionally known as what? Halloween. Halloween. Now, for a school assembly video recently, um, I looked into Halloween to see kind of where it came from, how it started. And it started a long time ago, the whole tradition of it. What I found, though, is that the whole tradition of it all boils down to fear. It boils down to a fear of death. It's why faces are carved into pumpkins to keep ghouls and, and demons away from your houses. And it's why a load of other uh, like, um, superstitions are practiced and things like that. People fear death. What, what are you guys afraid of? What, what are you afraid of? Caleb, what are you afraid of? Speaking out loud in public? No? What are you afraid of? Scuba diving. Whoa. There is a word for that. Did you know there's like loads of words for all the phobias? There is a word for like being in open water and things like that. Hannah, what are you afraid of? Spider. Now, I know that one. It's arachnophobia, yeah? Ooh. What are you afraid of, Eli? Nothing. Nothing. I'll remind you of that next time you dive around the corner. Loud noises, yes. You don't like loud noises, do you? Elsie, what are you afraid of? My nightmares. Your nightmares. Oh, bless you. What, what are you afraid of, Joe? Dark, yeah? Orlo, Connor, what are you afraid of? Ooh, heights and arachnophobia. So spiders at high levels, not a good idea. 
Yes, what are you afraid of? Pardon? Needles. Ooh, is that like injecting needles? Yeah? Ooh, yeah, no. Yes, Eli? You're afraid of the dark. Yeah, I know. That's why you've got your train light, isn't it? Yeah, because I got it for my birthday. You did. So in the bit that Hannah read us earlier on, we're asked to be strong in the Lord and mighty in power and to stand firm in his power against all the darkness and evil in the world and all the things that we can fear. I don't know about you, but... I get afraid and anxious when it starts raining like this outside, and I know that I've got to walk back later on. No, I get afraid and anxious sometimes and find it difficult to stand on my own. Like I can feel alone. I can, if I'm standing on my own with nothing to support me, I can feel afraid and anxious. But we need to remember that we are not on our own in our fear. We can wear an awesome costume that will help us overcome fear. Hang on, I've got my costume here. This one will help me overcome fear. There we go. Have I got it the right way around? Nope, wrong way around. There we go. This one helps me overcome fear. How? Well, it makes me laugh. That's good enough, isn't it? It's a banana! This might be the wrong costume. Do you think I've got the wrong costume on that helps me overcome fear? No? Should I leave this one on then? And do the rest of the, the speak with this costume on? This was a bad idea. Right. I'm getting eaten by my own son. Eli, do you want to go and sit down and do your colouring bed? Right, so... I'm going to take that bit off because it interferes with the microphone. But I will keep the costume on just for you. Right. We've been in the middle of a series in the grown-up service. The guys over there have been doing a series on, serv on servant servanthood. Yes? Uh, we've been in the middle over here on a series called Storytellers. All about parables and the way that Jesus used to communicate awesome, multi-meaning messages to people of the day using examples that they would understand. So what I discovered when I was reading this is Paul is doing the same thing. He'd learned from Jesus, and he'd learned from the stylings of what, how Jesus put stuff across to explain to the people in Ephesus what it was to put on the armor of God. He's using the imagery of armor to, to show them how they can be better to stand and fight against evils. He was writing this, this letter, the, the, the church in Ephesus is a heavily Roman and Greek area. So they would have known the importance of each part of armour. So we're going to go through each bit to see how important it is. Right. First up. Is the belt of truth. Anybody want to come and put the belt of truth on? Belt of, Caleb, do you want to come put the belt of truth on? It might fit you. Kind of made for my size, really, but there we go. Right. It is quite big. It's God's armor, so, you know, it's, he's, he's pretty big. You might have to hold that bit there. It's cool. So we've got the belt of truth on. Seems a bit strange to start with a belt, doesn't it? Because we think of belts today as just holding your trousers up. <laughs> 
he says, pulling his owner. But it's actually a really good place to start. It's the foundation to the armor. Do you want to stand there, Caleb? There we are. It's the foundation to the armor. It's, it holds everything in. It surrounds us, and it offers even some protection. These dangly bits here would have offered protection when swords would come and try to get your lower bits. And obviously, in some translations as well, it says about girding your loins. So that would have been like bringing up all of the cloaks that they would have worn into something that would enable them to be able to run faster. So that's why the belt was important. It's a belt of truth. In John 17, 17, we understand that truth is the word of God. The word of God. The Bible is God-breathed, and the Bible is truth. We know the devil is the father of lies, yeah? Yes, buddy? Yes, he does wear a belt. Um, we know that the devil is the father of lies, so he is the opposite to truth. And we know that from John 8, verse 44. So to defeat the enemy, we need to make sure that we are surrounded and held tight by the word of God. This will be a bit of a theme, you'll see. Um, but reading our Bible and remembering the verses, praying over the Word of God, these are all things that we can do to help us to belt up with the truth. So, Caleb, are you gonna, do you want to do the whole thing? Yeah? You get lots of chocolates if you do. The breastplate of righteousness. Arms up. Your belt's going to fall down. <laughs> arms up, arms all the way up. Can you get them through the side bit? Look at that. That's brilliant. So, the chest plate. Where does the chest plate normally sit? On your upper body. And what bits are in your upper body? Your tummy. Your tummy, yes. That's very important, your tummy. What, what other bits are in your upper body? Your heart, yes. Your heart and all your internal organs. These are all important things to live. So what can it mean to wear a chest plate of righteousness? Let's get some truth out there. We know that we are sinners. Yeah? We know that we're sinners. Everybody say yes. Yeah? We know that we are, we are sinners. But... Um, the awesome thing is, is that Jesus lived the perfect life for us. And by dying on the cross in our place, taking all of our unrighteousness on himself, means that we, if we accept him into our lives, we gain righteousness before God. So if you look at the label on this chest plate, you will see property of Jesus written there. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become righteous, righteousness of God. It is through Jesus that we can be righteous, not on our own, but so we strap on the chest plate and can know that we are made right with God. So when the enemy attacks, haha, saying that we aren't good enough, we can say, I know, but my saviour is. How do we apply it? Well, how are we saved? By following Jesus and his example of the way to live our lives. That's how we can apply this in our lives, in obeying 
Jesus. Feet of the gospel of peace. Now, I couldn't, I won't even tell you how hard it is to make a set of sandals. So I've just kind of given Caleb my boots. I don't want to expect you to put them on, don't worry. So we'll just put those in front of you now. <laughs> I don't think it can be overestimated how important shoes are. Has anyone ever trodden on Lego? Yes, how important are shoes? Very important. <laughs> there are two things to see here, though. Peace in Greek, it wouldn't be a Bethel service, I think it's been said last week, without some kind of Greek going on or uh, some kind of translations going on. Peace in Greek means oneness or wholeness. And we know that the gospel is the good news. We're also told often in Ephesians to stand firm. So... We have standing firm, we have feet or shoes, oneness and goodness. Think of it like this, it's a set of rugby boots, yeah? And what do rugby boots provide you with? Studs. Studs, and what do the studs help? To grip the ground, isn't it? When you're in a scrum, it helps you to stand firm, rooted to the ground, in oneness with the good news. When we get anxious, we can stray away from the peace and the oneness with the gospel, yeah? When we get anxious, sometimes we can be all, oh, I'm worried about everything, and we can leave the gospel and the good news behind. I know I have recently. See, a few of us in church have been attempting the Bible in a year, which has been a great exercise in self-control and standing firm in the gospel, in the good news. But over the last few months, over the summer months, I found... I missed a few days. Not just a few days, a lot of days, in fact, because if I was out of routine. And I have felt my outlook on life slipping. It's taken great effort to try to claw my way back into the daily routine of rooting myself and standing firm in the good news. But this is how we can apply it, by reading our Bible every day, reminding ourselves of the good news, gaining the oneness with the peace that comes from his words, and standing firm. Yeah? It's a fun bit now. Shield of faith. Shield of faith. Ooh, glue's come off the back, so you might have to just hold it. Hold it on the top there. Here we are. Shield of faith. Clearly, a shield is super important to a soldier. It protects you from arrows, from swords, and anything that's kind of thrown at you, apples and rocks and things like that. And as we said before, the example of the armor was from Roman times. So the shield used, an example, would have been a scutum. It would have been called a scutum. And it could have been, I mean, this one's pretty big. Yeah, this one's pretty big. If I was Eli, I'd probably be able to hide behind it. But it probably would have been actually a lot bigger, about the size of a door, so that they could tessellate them all together and kind of like create things so that they could protect themselves as a group. For battle, they'd have been covered with heavy animal hide as well. And the soldiers, just before battle, would have dipped their shields in water so that when the fiery arrows hit them, they would extinguish. Like Link in the Wild. Like Link in the Wild, yeah. It would have offered loads of space for shelter and protection as well, because it was so big. A shield of faith, however, is maybe a little bit difficult to imagine. Let's look at two verses in the Bible to help us to understand and apply how this shield of faith, of faith. Because if I, if I said, hey, you've got a shield, 
doesn't really look like you've got a shield at the moment, does it? Yeah? So a shield of faith is a little bit difficult to imagine. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. That's Hebrews 11, verse 1. So Jesus is my source of hope. Even though I don't see him, I have faith that he is there with me. And how do I know he's there? In Romans 10, 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The Bible. Just like how the soldiers would dip their shields into water before battle, we immerse ourselves in hearing about Jesus regularly and reading passages of the Bible that build faith, and it'll help protect us from the fiery arrows. Right, fun bit. Caleb? Can you say, can you say, this is Sparta? Just say, this is Sparta. This is Sparta. Awesome, thank you. Right, so the helmet protects your head. That's where your brains are, yeah? Yeah, like Lincoln Like in Lincoln Wild. We've been playing a lot of Link recently, so that's fine. So, just like the hot helmet. So, a helmet protects your head, that's where your brains are. Well, yeah, Caleb's brains are in his head, yeah? Good, good. Just like the chest plate, the helmet is not our own. It belongs to and was paid for by Jesus. So how can it help us if it's not our own? I don't know about you, but I find that sometimes I can think things that I don't like thinking. (laughs) I get thoughts that I'm not worth it, that I'm not liked, that I'm not needed or wanted. There you go. These thoughts can lead to doubt and struggle and leads to fear too. Just like the helmet protects your head, the knowledge of salvation through Jesus can protect our thoughts. If you know and hold dear that Jesus died for you, you know that you're worth it. Wanted and needed for his kingdom. So with this in mind, we should surrender all these earthly thoughts and start thinking about things that we need to do for God and for his kingdom. How do we apply this? Get saved. Salvation through Jesus is absolute truth, something that we can hold on to. Buckle on this knowledge, and just like the shoes, root ourselves in the word of God. I don't know if you, anybody else like, has ridden a motorbike before, but on a motorbike, you get a, a double D lock on the helmet, and when that strap goes tight, it doesn't come off. That's what we need to do with the word of God and the salvation that God provides. Cool. Right. You like this one, Caleb. The sword. I dropped the sword. The sword of the spirit. No good soldier would be caught without a sword. Like the master sword. From Link in the Wild, yes. So the sword, right? We think of the sword as something offensive, don't we? But a good swordsman 
would use it defensively too. So it can be used to both cut and stab, but also defend. But what makes this sword so special? Well, it's a sword made up of the spirit, which is another way of saying, theme, word of God. We can look at it like this. The Bible and all its teachings is a sword. Well, not as long, but... So just like a soldier uses a sword, the word of God can be used to defend, but also to attack evil. And do you know what? We know this works, because Jesus used it in real life. If you look in Luke 40, uh, 4, 1 to 13, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, you can see that what did he use when the devil tempted him? The word of God. He used scripture to battle temptation. That's absolutely amazing, Eli. How do we apply this then? <laughs> Spend time keeping your sword sharp and clean. Read your Bible, immerse yourself in his words. So, we've got truth, living right, good news of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. These are the things that can protect us from the evil one who brings us fear and hate. So, Caleb, this Halloween... Rather than dressing up in like ghoulish costumes and things, you've got the armor of God to dress up in, to protect yourself from fear and darkness and evil. And you know what? That little bit of passage that we read finishes up with prayer. Paul encourages the people to pray and pray constantly. Pray for the church family. Pray for each other. And just have that commune with God. And we're going to close in prayer now. Father God, we thank you for the armor that you give us. We thank you for the words that you've given us in the form of the Bible. The fact that we've got easy access to it, Lord, we are blessed by that. Lord, we pray that these words this morning would sit in our hearts. They'd open up a new thirst to discover more of you through the Bible. We pray that we would uh, strap on the helmet of salvation. We would pick up the shield. We would pick up the sword, Lord. And we'd fight evil where it stands. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us this week. Amen.